Now, Christianity has its 13th apostle, a faithful witness to the love, mercy, and truth of Jesus Christ. How about you? Will you be the 13th apostle? People travel to wonder at the height of mountains, at the huge waves of the sea, at the long courses of rivers, at the vast compass of the ocean, at the circular motion of the stars, and they pass by themselves without wondering. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The 13th Apostle, where we explore the good, the beautiful, and the true of the Catholic faith and the Catholic Church. This is Tom Caffrey with my co-host, Dan Duddy, the irrepressible Dan Duddy. Nobody can repress you. Is that right? <laughs> talk, to, talk to Maura. Talk to my wife. <laughs> Game on. Yeah. <laughs> she'll, t- she'll, take that. She'll, she'll take that challenge. Oh, gosh. Yeah, well, that was uh, from uh, our uh, dearly beloved St. Augustine of Hippo. And uh, North Africa there. Yeah, so I saw that uh, as we were talking about or we you know exchanged messages about today's episode and the topic uh, about pilgrimage, particularly about an article I had seen in the National Catholic Register uh, by Father Dave Pivanka. It made me think, recall this, uh, this quote from St. Augustine that I saw in my first day in chemistry class in the beginning of my college experience. It was the inside cover of the chemistry book, and I didn't have an appreciation of St. Augustine back then, but I never forgot that quote. And it was obviously in the chemistry book, they were using that quote because they're saying, okay, well, this is a chemistry book. It's about the chemistry. It's about, it's about your body. It's the many journeys that occur in, in your body of which you are unaware. And so you can travel all around the world see the greatest sights, but what they didn't say is, oh, but by the way, you are God's greatest creation, greater than the highest mountain. I'm taking the, the correct turn on that quote and, you know, what Augustine meant. And, uh, but, you know, there, he also says, and Augustine also says, to fall in love with God is the greatest romance, to seek him the greatest adventure, to find him the greatest human achievement. And for a lot of people, that's, I'm not talking about tourists now. There's plenty of uh, tourists, uh, uh, tourism pilgrimages. It's not really, nothing faith-based about it. But they still, you, you, you read a lot of what they say, you listen to what they say, these, these uh, travelers, whichever pilgrimage uh, they're, they're taking. And, and, but a lot of them will say they're still looking for something. They're still looking for something. It's almost like a meditation you know, walking meditation, maybe, you know, the, the self-discovery. And what you and I are looking for, and f- uh, women and men of faith, uh, is they're looking for, you know, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, so we're, we're looking to find more and a better relationship, a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit in a pilgrimage. We're going to talk about, you know, the, the actual walking pilgrimages, but... 
you know, our prayers of pilgrimage, uh, our, our acts of charity, the works of mercy, you know, the uh, spiritual and uh, uh, corporal works of mercy. These are all part of the pilgrimage. So you and I talked about doing the uh, Camino, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, the Santiago, St. James, uh, the Compostello, and, and the cathedral there in Compostello. Uh, we've talked about it before, and every time this comes up, I start thinking, especially after my son walked the Camino, or a Camino, uh, uh, to Compostello, that, oh, there's a romance about it, too. Mm-hmm. You know? So, what's, yeah. what's your thought I, about it? Yeah, so when you talk about the walk, the Camino, you immediately go on that walk in your head. You know, the, the, the journey begins well before your feet actually touch the turf or the ground out there. So I, I think, you know, you talked about hunger. We, you know, we love our faith. We love Christ. And we're always walking toward Christ. And, the, you know, we've heard the cliche, the journey is the reward. And it's, you know, it's a cliche, but it's so true. So we're always, we're always moving, you know, if, you know, as long as we're not being tepid and sitting back and, you know, you know, laying on, laying on the couch or, or, you know, find ourselves victims of uh, sloth, mm. and spiritual sloth, and uh, so I think the pilgrimage is the anti-sloth, and and we can be in a pilgrimage in our in our heart and our soul, and we can be traveling towards Christ at all times, doing it on foot. There are other benefits that come from that. Taking a pilgrim pilgrimage, when I did when I was a, a newlywed with Mora, and we had we had Aileen, the number one of eight children, was probably my first pilgrimage and it was the family loaded up a, a bus and we went down to the uh, Basilica, the National Shrine of uh, of the Immaculate Conception in, in Washington, D.C. And I'll, I'll never forget it. It was a good time. It was about 45 of us and it was a pilgrimage. But what, what came from it was, you know, prayer on the way down, prayer on the way back, uh, which reminds me of a pilgrimage, a bus, a bus ride to the uh, to Washington, D.C. for the March for Life. That's a pilgrimage. And recalling coming to know people so much more deeply and more profoundly through Christ and through prayer is really what makes it, one of the things that makes it very, very special is the the unity, the community that comes from a, a pilgrimage. And yeah, Tom, I think we're always hungry. We're always seeking. We're always moving. We're always, we always want more. We're built that way. And that, that's a blessing. That's a grace that we feel that hunger. And it'll never be satisfied. As St. Saint, Saint Ignatius says, it, it, we must pray that even in heaven, that we have the desire to be at our knees at the foot of God the Father and praise him for all eternity. It never ends. But uh, we, we, but we do have to keep moving. We got to taste it. We got to keep growing. You know, Kevin's stories of of uh, of the Camino. Your son, Kevin's stories of the Camino, extremely intriguing. But he took that that other path, right? The one less traveled, right? Yeah, uh, true. So there, there's a suffering that can take place, and a, and a, a solitude. He was alone for sometimes three, four days. That's you know those benefits that are reaped in, in those cases. Those are severe in a positive way so so much can come from a pilgrimage and they come in different forms yeah Deacon Chuck's down at EWTN working there now and it all stemmed from a pilgrimage that we took from Marianne Harold and she got ill she couldn't take it take the pilgrimage and we went down with a group of maybe eight people Deacon Chuck wound up staying staying back behind because God blessed him so much that he took the time and the effort to go down 
to EW2N to visit the shrine of Mother Angelica, the shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament. And there's Deacon Chuck down there now, you know, living a beautiful, wonderful life for Christ, all from the pilgrimage. Beautiful. Great point. Yep, Brother brother Deacon Chuck. He's amazing, you know. He's a brother and a deacon. That's a blessing for us. He's a blessing for us. And that's and he's a let great me, witness. Yeah. Let, let me ask you a question. Go. And this is for you. The name of your website is... Faith Pilgrims, right? Yes, sir. Thank you. And how long How long have you had that website? Oh, gosh, probably three years. Mm, I think it's no, longer than that. No, it's longer than that. No, yeah. I think, actually, I think uh, 2018. Wow. So you could really talk quite a bit on, on who you were that launched that name, which came from your charism, your heart, and the pilgrimage you've been on since you put that website together. No, what my was goodness. it that, that inspired that? Faith yeah, Pilgrims. that's talk, uh, talk about that. I've often thought of myself as a. Uh, I hesitate. I'm hesitating right now because the we're so impacted. Our you, me, our generation, so impacted by the '60s, and there were it was popular pilgrimages, especially especially to the east. So having nothing to do with Christianity, but you know, typically to India, you know, typically like to Me- Mecca and yeah, Mecca well, and, well, yeah. not so much Mecca because uh, that would have been just for Muslims, but mm-hmm. you know, for, for hippies and whatnot. They, oh, I see. We had uh, you and I have uh, talked about we we had done transcendental meditation, yes, otherwise known yes, as TM. Yep. You know, yes, and so. that was introduced by uh, an Indian Maharishi. Uh, Maharishi you know? Mahatma Yogi, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, Mahesh, Maharishi, yeah, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, that's yes. right. Yeah. And, uh, and and so, but I could never, I can, I, I could never fully get, totally commit myself to that. And it actually made me more enthusiastic about my Christian faith because I felt mm-hmm. in a way I was moving in some ways away from it. But uh, sure. Uh, so, but in the '60s, you know, people, were, so many young people were on pilgrimages, and they wanted to find a guru, you know, a wise man to teach them the secrets of life and to have a more. They were looking for something. They were seeking. You know, I would, I would, I want to believe that we're all. I mean, we're all pilgrims in the sense that we we go through time, you know. So we're we can't just not do anything in life. Um, the question is, okay, well, what's your all right, what's your goal? Or what's you know the, the overall purpose? What's your mission? How are you going to do this? How are you going to how are you going to achieve this or realize this purpose? Fulfill this purpose? Are you oriented to someone? Uh, obviously, for Christian pilgrimages, there's there's one main guy. Right, there's one person, and our Lord, and uh, so for me, uh, I I've often been that seeker type, you know. It's uh, just curious. I mean, sometimes it's it's just for a very positive reason. Other times it's because I've had troubles, uh, whether whether I caused them or somebody else caused them, and mm-hmm. to say, okay, well, Lord, I'm going to go on some sort of a pilgrimage. You know how am I going to? How am I going to? How am I going to deal? How am I going to live these experiences? How well am I going to live these experiences? Especially the bad ones. I mean, we we don't really pay much attention to the to the good ones. It's like don't look a gift horse in the mouth. You just we're just busy enjoying those good ones, and we can think about it afterwards. But when we have something bad, 
we examine it because we don't want to have it happen again. And I think that for a lot of people, including my son, uh, to to some extent, especially when we interviewed him about that, and he was still, he was on his last day there. Uh, he was in uh, Compostela. And uh, to when he talked about it, and you made a reference to it, the, the long stretches where he didn't see anybody for days, uh, and that that was that was the most difficult. But you know, that's you're kind of you're forced you're forced to go to go deep. You know, your your mind goes, and and so I think that I, I think that that's the less likely. I think that's kind of like a silent retreat. And you know, do you do you how can you do a silent retreat? Like, you know, we, I I can ask you this, but it's a rhetorical question because you don't know it unless you've done it. But can you imagine doing, let's say, a four-day silent retreat? Mm-hmm. You know, you're, doing it, you're not doing it with. You're not going up like with a team. You're so you are so team-oriented. The football player, the football coach, you're so team-oriented. Uh, so something like that is could be challenging for for you. I mean, it could be challenging for me too. It would definitely be challenging for me. But when when we think about how our Lord prayed. He always separated himself from the pack and would go off. You know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, he, he separated himself from the three from the three captains, Peter, James, and John, and you know, they wound up falling asleep under a tree. Our Lord, you know, went up into the desert, he went up into the mountains. He always he always found solitude and peace on his own, by himself somewhere, and went deeply into prayer, you know, to his to his father, our father, God the Father in heaven. So we can learn from that. We could become very fearful too. And and that's uh, all the more the time to then say, you know, I, I am yours, Father. You know, I'm yours, Christ. I have no fear. Be not afraid, as Pope John Paul II, you know, made so clearly for us. So I think the solitude part is very, very important, but not to contradict the importance of the community that's founded upon the group that you do your pilgrimage with, especially when you go into intercessionary prayer, um, praying your intentions out loud, your personal intentions out loud. There's a great unity that comes from that. We used to do that with our football team, and we became so bonded when a young man would raise his hand during team prayer and say, please pray for my grandmother. She has cancer, which we never would have heard before. Or another, you know, young man would say, my sister's about to get about to get married next week, you know, and we never would have heard that before. There's a great bond that comes from group prayer. But I think most importantly, it requires intentionality and purpose when you put your feet on the ground and point toward a destination, whatever it might be, and you become so blessed and the graces abound from being deliberately intentional or intentionally deliberate with a purpose. And I think that's that's the roots and that's that's where the benefits come at you from a pilgrimage. You know, I just had this thought that I felt like I was in a little bit of a pilgrimage today. Today was a rough day for a number of reasons, and I, today was a, a New York City work day for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I've taken the train, well, countless times over more than two decades. And something happened where I didn't even realize that. We, I said, wow, we're making good time. And I, I must have gotten on the express I did, but I didn't know that they had changed the schedule and they made an announcement. But a lot of people don't hear the announcement. In fact, I wasn't the only one who looked up and said, what? 
because I saw a stop that I never see on on my train, and so I you know I got off, got out into the storm, walking around the street to go to the other side so I could take the train back heading north, and it reminded me uh, I, you know, a little a little little prayer and a little praying, and it reminded me when I was my first day in first grade at Our Lady of Sorrows Elementary School in, well, I'm being redundant by saying elementary school, obviously first grade, uh, in South Orange, New Jersey. And my mother, I remember she explicitly told me, I remember this after the fact, cross the street from the school and then take that bus. I did not cross the street. And all the buses looked the same. These were public transit buses. These weren't yellow school buses. We had none of them. And so I, I went in the opposite direction. Uh, <laughs> and I was enjoying myself. And then I thought, I, then it went to a silent retreat because I was only, the only one on the bus. Everybody, everybody kept getting off. And uh, so finally. Just you, just you and the bus driver? Just me and the bus driver. <laughs> And uh, he was having a rough did day, he, so I was did like, he, "Did he raise you? Did he raise you? Now is this the rest of the story?" I, I was like a boy raising the wild. <laughs> Bus driver smoking cigars. Oh my gosh, Jackie, Jackie Gleason. Uh, that's right. So you know, it's just it, I don't know. I just I gosh, I haven't thought of that in a long, long time. But this is the first time, and I can remember being on a train that didn't go in the direction I wanted it to go, uh, in the destination I wanted it to go. And okay, it's easy and kind of corny to make to draw some analogies, make some metaphors, or use that as a metaphor. You know, it's sometimes you got to go on that road less traveled. Sometimes you got to yeah. go into foreign areas, unfamiliar areas, to because even if you weren't intending to stretch yourself, the experience stretches you. Oh yeah, whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not, and yeah. you know the how well do you respond uh, to, to this change or that change? And uh, I think that's that's one of the good things about a a Christian uh, pilgrimage. Uh, to be challenged, and I, I the combination of a of a silent. Uh, I mean, I could picture if we if we went on a retreat. We talked about uh, you know, going on, you know, the, you, Mora, your wife Mora, um, me. Talking about, I even said talking about Jim, and his wife Brenda, Deacon Chuck. And Diane, you know, it's a possibility. Our Chuck Kelly, as everyone or most people listening know, remember Chuck. Um, you know, to to do that, and that's of course like anything great. It's easy to talk about and challenging to do, or even, you know, to prepare to do. I mean, whether it's the cost or, or all these, things, you know, preparing for it. I mean, you're just you're going to be walking for a long time. Uh, so, uh, but I could see also one of us, almost like the way you describe Christ. It's going off for a while. Whether you go a little further, maybe you walk a little faster ahead. You you want to have some. You want to be alone mm-hmm. uh, because it would it it would be. Uh, I think we'd be missing something. It'd be too easy to fall into the familiarity if we if we stayed together the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I I don't know. I don't think it would be as much of a challenge. I think I could see, you, let's say, you and more, any one of the the three couples, 
or I could see, knowing the three of you, I could see the three of you leaving me and going with some other group or different groups. And <laughs> three days later, you I'll catch my, up with you. You read my, you read my mind. <laughs> Nobody asked, where's Tom? Because they knew where I am. Somewhere in the rearview mirror. Tom who? <laughs> so I think that, you know, the most, I think, well, to us anyway, the... I mean, the most famous these days is the Camino, you know, de Santiago de Compostela in Spain, and uh, it's, there's there are movies about that, documentaries. Uh, it's I have a book, uh, Four Roads to Heaven, and it's you know, obviously thinking that uh, Saint James, the Greater, uh, is entombed in the cathedral there. You know, so, uh, but all those four roads from different parts of France coming into one in that archway, and then you're right, then you're on that that uh, that 500 mile Camino, the most famous one. So, uh, but whether you know, Kevin's looking at doing another pilgrimage to uh, to the Holy Land. He wants to start in Istanbul. Uh, the, the question is, there's some dangerous places. Not that he's unfamiliar with that, but uh, in between those two uh, locations, and there's less dangerous places. So I, I think that what what could we do? We have we have pilgrimages that are within an hour, within a, uh, a driving distance for, uh, for us. I think weren't, yeah. you, weren't you up in one in Massachusetts? I, I, have, I have an idea. Uh, this and, and I'm I'm not being funny. And if Deacon Chuck were, were was more local, I, w- I would include his name. I think it would be awesome if you, Jim, and myself, Jim Mulvihill, who we've had on the show, and we'll have him on again soon. You sure about that? Could, but I think so. Yeah. Okay. He'll say yes. Yeah. No, well, I wasn't talking about him. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? Talk- I have to agree to that. <laughs> uh, you would agree with that. But no, that we put we put a pilgrimage together in a day for the three of us. And we, 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 we schedule, we go off somewhere and we put a, a day together and we schedule silent time. We have, a, we have a mass and then we'll do some prayers together. The destination, we'll have to make it a really, a really cool spot and just make it a good spiritual day together for three good friends and just watch and see what unfolds. So how, uh, uh, how was the distance? And I'm only asking that for this reason. Right before COVID hit, you and I were going to go to Mount Savior Monastery in New York State mm-hmm. for you know a long weekend. I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and I thought about that because my theology mentor he gave me a gift. He'd been there, I, I don't know, maybe several times, but he'd been there. And he they they have their own bee colonies, apiaries, and whatnot. And he was going to he got me a, a beeswax candle, uh, and. Uh, and he recommended it, so that's what you and I were going to go. We had it all arranged, uh, and then COVID hit, and they, sh- they shut down. So I don't know whether something like that would be too far from what you're talking about. And, you know, obviously we would work this out off the air, but I think that's a great thing. You've said it publicly, and I think that uh, the three of us should do that. Yeah, good. I'm glad you feel that way. And it, it, I don't think there's such a thing as too far. Because it, when, it be, when something becomes too, T-O-O, then, it, then you start to suffer a little bit. Then it starts, you know, then there's some, there's some sacrifice. Great I think point. that's what we need to do. Yeah. And if the three of us are driving, then there's no, 
safety is not an issue because one can sleep while the other is driving and you know we pray together we could have silent time for an hour during the drive or two hours during the drive and, or bring something to read and read out loud whatever it is that you find interesting everyone you know each guy you know submits you know a paragraph to read or something important from a book that you know preparation i'm talking i'm talking you know fast here but you, you feel me right like Definitely. we could put a nice day together and you know the three of us could put our heads together and have a, have a good day and finish up with a Guinness on the way home, you know? And, uh, it's amazing. I was just talking about that today, about the book. A friend of mine was talking about uh, a, a, uh, a documentary that his brother did on the proper pint. And I thought, wow, it was in Ireland. And I, I said, you know, that reminds me of a book that I have, the, the, In Search of the Perfect Pint, which uh, uh, which is all, this was all about Guinness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so funny you would bring that up. I think you know we we got to wrap it up now. But I got I yeah. have to say I'm all in, and I I know Jim is all in. Sure. And yeah. I think we got to commit to it and say okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about it. Let's put it on the air. It'd be a great show. Great. Okay. Yeah, man. Excellent. So what's coming up next, there, brother? Yep. All right. Stay tuned, folks, for the Angelus and following the Angelus is Your Prayer Intentions with Peter and Jemmy. WQPHradio.org This, ladies and gentlemen, is part of our pilgrimage, you know, for Dan and me, and for you, listeners, and for the crew, Marianne, Jean, James, Tom, and all the others. Uh, so, uh, we're all going on this pilgrimage. We're a pilgrim faith. There's many uh, scriptural references to uh, to that. So I think that we're on the pilgrimage, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, Amen. all right. So uh, that's it, brother. Right, buddy. Nothing else. Yeah, yeah. It was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Let's do that. Let's get. Let's do something from it. Amen. Okay, we will. Let's go. All right, ladies and gentlemen. We will report back. We're not going to let you down. We'll do it. So, uh, all right. God bless you, Danny. God bless you, Tommy, and God bless you all. You're listening to WQPH 89.3 FM, Shirley Fitchberg. And now a word from author Peter and Jimmy, who is the host of Your Prayer Intentions, taking place every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. Whether you're donating money or giving us prayers, without you, we don't go on. And if you do want to help us go on, please consider going to WQPHradio.org. There's a donate button there. You can give once, you can give monthly, and it makes a difference. It keeps all of our shows, and we have a great lineup of shows keeps us going and whether you're a fan of uh your prayer intentions whether you like steve's show benedict's hammer sundays at midnight whether you like brother matthew and brother anthony from from the housetops which is on sundays 10 30 a.m and 4 p.m whether you're a fan of the children's rosary which we have every day at 5 p.m seven days a week whether you like our local matter show which is saturday at 11 or talk catholic which comes right after us at 12.30. Larry's Music Off, Sunday at 11 a.m. We have the Shepherd's Pie, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Or Dan and Tom with the 13th Apostle, which comes just before us at 11.30. Any of those shows and all the stuff you donate, you help these things come out. But what also at the WQPH website, in addition to podcasts of our shows, is the prayer wall. Right on the prayer wall, support WQPH and get WQPH 24 hours a day, 7 days a week on WQPHradio.org. Thank you for listening to the 13th Apostle with Dan Duddy and Tom Caffrey. For more information on Dan, visit his website at 
www.danduddy.com or email dcduddy at gmail.com. Tom's website is faithpilgrims.com or email trcaffrey at faithpilgrims.com. How about you? Will you be the 13th Apostle? 